Well, the heroin is uh, it's taking its toll. I don't you know didn't, if you can you, hear it in my voice. I, you're not skinnier. I thought heroin was supposed to make you skinnier. I think I proved my point last week by um, talking about you know my my interval circuits and all that, and still getting a high amount of protein. And you only stayed in rehab for. You, you only, you literally, it was two hours and you're out. It's fucking boring, bro. <laughs> I gave you a book. Yeah. I'd get like two sentences and I fall asleep and I'd wake up because I didn't have heroin. So I didn't know how to sleep now. How'd you even get out? I just walked out. <laughs> they didn't stop you? No, because I'm so big. They didn't assume I was an addict. They just thought I must have been like an orderly getting off work or some shit. I don't know. I mean, you you were pretty good at doing heroin. I will say that. Yeah. So. But you're done, right? It's it's over with. Well, I'm trying. I'm. I was like, you know what? I went two hours without heroin. Let's see if I can, you know, go further. I don't know. Shit's expensive. Oh yeah, you know. And they do Every, not take Jerry coins. Those dealers. You guys hear that? Nope. What was that? It's fucking, I got these 100% polyester pants on, dude. They're rubbing together. All right. You're, you also got a lot of frills up on your, I wouldn't call that a blouse. Jacket? Yeah, peep the jacket, dipshit. All right. So you're back in school, huh? <laughs> they finally, they said, you're still. You're only 17. You can take another run at it. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, how did how did you even manage this? Uh, I'm in the band, idiots. By the way, that's where this get up is. It, it, Why know. don't you try to match my politeness level? Why don't you shut when, the hell when up? When you came in, I didn't go. Hey, what the hell? I was pretty cool. Do you notice that, Dan? I got yeah. rid of the heroin, but I'm still cool. Listen, anyway. band, band is back in a big way, and it's tougher than ever. Yeah. Are you running that shit? I'm running the whole band, dude. You got a posse? You fucking loser. The I'm, band is the only thing you could join. Cause I'm basically the guy up front with the baton marching backwards. That's how much I'm in charge of the band. Oh, so you're not actually playing anything. You're just... No, I said I'm like that. I'm not actually that guy. Uh, He's I a senior. <laughs> what okay. instrument do you play? What is Besides the fucking skin flute. <laughs> Jerking off. Oh, real original. <laughs> I play the clarinet. <laughs> That's it's pretty uh, masculine. Yeah. You won't be laughing when I crack it over that fat fucking skull of yours. Whoa, dude. What? I told you, band is back. You should... You talk like you're in weightlifting class or something. Yeah. You see these outfits? We're base. I don't know if you guys have seen it. We're basically like the Warriors. Me and my crew. You haven't seen the Warriors. Don't lie. By the way, I saw your coworker out back, and he was shooting spray paint directly into his mouth. That, yeah, that's think, another problem yeah, we got to deal with. I think okay. on the on the huff and the paint. It's been a rough week here. And that's an embarrassing thing to admit at rehab. Mm-hmm. Although I guess if you walk in with what looks like clown makeup, they kind of know. All right. So what do you want? Why? Why do you ask? 
Why else you know would you come I in want. here? We don't have drumline. I want a music-oriented skeleton movie. Hmm. Well, see, I thought I had found the best skeleton movie, and then I went to court, tried to plead my case, and it turns out that the best skeleton movie is Home Alone 2, and hmm. that's currently checked out, so I, I got nothing else for you. <sighs> this is the worst store. Uh, why do you even... You got all these skeletons and shit in the window right now. Well, it's Halloween, it's dipshit. Spooky season, bro. Yeah. And then I come in, you don't have the goods. We got other goods. We got Halloween-themed shit. Hey, you Ex- guys better... Expand uh, your mind. We got you the climactic conclusion to all things Halloween. All I'm going to say is you better stay off the streets uh, four to five days before Christmas when me and my crew come through. You guys rolling in a LeBaron? Oh, yeah. I, my, my buddy's got one. I just met when we're marching in that parade. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Jeez. I hate this fucking kid. So you guys don't have any movies for me? Any cool skeleton shit? Dan, why don't you hook this guy up? I'm just going to take a couple of the standees and the window decorations on my way out. That's so. fine. Saves us from having to take it down anyway. Just Yeah. All right. Dude, here. Here it is. The end. This week on Five Day Rentals, Halloween ends. Well, hello. It's that spooky season. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to, or I'm unable to get my register down. Real spooky, listener. I I got a a case of that, you know what. But like Dan said, despite Kron's reluctance, we're doing it. We're talking Halloween ends. The conclusion to David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy. I am Bones, joined as always, Laundry Dan, Crown Howard. How are you, dudes? Thank you. Welcome to prime time, bitch. I will be relying on these two dudes to uh, pepper in the joy here on this episode. Oh, God, you're in trouble. (laughs) Hey, uh, me leading this episode... Uh, we've crunched the numbers. People don't like when Bones leads. People I don't know like what it, it is. It, nah. You got a cult following. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not. I, I don't think it was even like top 12. Teamwork makes a dream work. It's about all of us, not yeah. individual. Okay? Yeah. I wonder if it, it could just be the movie selection. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been keeping me up. That's fine. You got to start bringing top tier stuff like the lawnmower man to the table. That's true. He's, he's so stressed. He gets sick again. Yep. Well, and partially the withdrawal. Yeah. I think that's really what it was. I think my body was in a weakened state. Oh, drafts just will do that to you. Coughing like crazy in that rehab center. That's right, Dan. Hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this, you've you've already enjoyed that five-part mega draft Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate all the votes. I think you've got to 
pretty strong chance, Mr. Sandlot. Classic. Senor Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't really, uh, like Dan pointed out, we didn't really go through at the end of that draft and point out everybody's uh, selections. But as of this record, the the poll will be live. So you'll be able to pretty much figure it out from there. You know, we want to keep it neutral. We don't want people to just vote for their favorite cron. We want them to vote for the best list. Dan. Which is Dan's, sure. Well, and as the episodes were happening, you should have been writing them down in your trusty pocket notebook, just like a grandpa listening to a baseball game on the radio. That's true. Maybe if we do it again, we'll send out like little charts, Mm -hmm. you know, or we'll like put up a PDF that people can print off at home. A little play along. uh, Buy a billboard in Times Square. Oh, hell yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I would say, yeah, by this time next year, we'll have an, we'll have Joe Rogan money. We can afford that. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. I do uh, want to give a shout out to Chad. Thanks for stepping in, man. Uh, I know all the other shows are getting a lot of, a lot of run time, but Chad, you're the man. For sure. I love you. Some, some great picks that Chad made. Mm-hmm. Just, he might, just, he might have already won it. Joyous picks. That's right. Yeah. We might look at the numbers and. He's already spiked a statistical clinch. But yeah, fucking the draft's out there. Go do it. But But we got Michael Myers lurking. We got Michael Myers. That's right. Uh, Dan, you and I both enjoyed the uh, the 2018 David Gordon Green, co-written by Danny McBride. I thought it was a, a, a pretty good reboot equal whatever you want to call those cron you weren't as strong on it um halloween kills i still got some joy out of it i think there was some some overall issues with the evil dies tonight mob stuff i kind of got what they were trying to do but the thing oh you mean uh most of the film (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i think dan you were a two-star No. No, no, me neither. I didn't need to. Um, Cron, I think you gave that a 1.5. Dan, I think you gave it a I 2. Gave it a, I looked it up. I gave it a 2. Cron um, did a 1 point. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, the movie's so, terrible. So he was pretty reluctant to go into this. I believe I had actually started it using your Peacock account. Um, this would be the this is the first of the th- of the three that I didn't see in the theater. Um yeah, I was like 10 minutes in and you texted, are you watching this turd? So um, I'd be interested to see if you've eased up at all. But uh, any any sort of first thoughts before we, we kind of jump into this? I don't really want to waste people's time up front. So we're already kind of behind. You know, we should have recorded this a week ago, but we had that whole draft bullshit. I guess I'll say... <clears throat> To me, the 2018 version was, it was just kind of like, we're going to try to make Halloween over again, but we're, we can't do it that well. So like, that's the way number one felt to me. Number two felt like it could be called Halloween treading water. Like nothing happens in it. Um, They're literally just biding time. I will say with this one, and I'm, please don't take this as saying good or bad. 
but at least they did a thing. At least they committed to a direction and went with it. So yeah, I will give them props for that. Again, I'm not saying it's good, but at least they did something different. Dan? Uh, I mean, we're going to get into it. Yeah, I I liked 18. <laughs> Halloween Kills is literally just kills, I think. Yeah. The title says it all. And well, this and one Evil dies tonight, Dan. I mean, maybe. They try. And Yeah, I mean, I, I we'll we'll get to it. I mean, this this is the bummer with us deciding to put two-day rentals on the big list. Hey, because you I, guys were the ones that decided that. Yeah, but because every once in a while, it would be nice to just come in here and, you know, pull your let pants loose. down and let loose. But this is this is how it works. You got to kind of figure it out and, and play along. All right. Um, I don't think we delay. I think we get into this bad boy, right? There's We're not really going to add much to as far as like the the history of, you know, they only really wanted to make one sequel. Studio wanted them split into two. COVID hit, kind of threw that whole thing off. What? So I do well, think, Kron, like you were saying, this one actually goes somewhere. They try to do something. It is. It does make you question, well, if they had a little bit more time, could they have plotted out a little bit different? Whereas Kills is same night as 2018. C- could they have plotted you know, a better trilogy versus what we got. Wasn't that the original idea for the whole thing though? was like, it was going to be three Halloween movies that all take place on the same night. That's the way I remember reading it at least. Like it was kind of like 2018 did so well that they were like, all right, what's the, like, we'll, we'll let you do two more. What's the idea? And I think it was like, We'll just keep going. Like it'll be the exact same one continual storyline. I thought they always had three. Like that was the deal. I thought it was like I thought they read Halloween and were like, "You got more," and they signed them for kills and ends. Okay. Well, this is where some research would help because I it was my understanding that they they had an idea for a second one. Studio wanted no. Let's do three. And the idea was like, kind of, let's try to shoot them or back to back. But I don't know if the intent was that they would all take place same night. So hopefully as as more information comes. But we're not here to talk about the history. We're here to talk about the final product. Halloween the ends. End. Does it end? It hasn't yet. All right. I don't, I don't think this will end it. Should, and, well, and the podcast is just beginning. Yeah, we're still in season one. Halloween ends. As of this record, available in theaters or on Peacock. And if you're like Kron, who needs Peacock to watch um, all those reality TV shows, mm-hmm. you're good to go. And if you're like me, who just stole Kron's Peacock login, hey, I was able to I, watch a few things on there. Serpent in the Rainbow. I am going to watch the Black Phone. I didn't want to ruin the flow, though, of... Oh, his just algorithm? Reality. Just make a new profile. I thought about it. 
I I was gonna ask you. I was gonna make a big rigs one. Yeah, just yeah, do, let's that. do that. All right. Okay. I just wanted your permission. I didn't want you to All right. That. Halloween ends, baby. We get some. Uh, you get that opening. The, the the credits throughout this play. Uh, um, what I would say, umbrage to season of the witch. Get that mm-hmm. that blue number three. Right, number yeah, three, baby. Man. Yeah, baby. Which, as everybody it talks about in any sort of media right now, people it's are the greatest one. Well, people are coming back. They like three now, so it's not the greatest. Which one. remember, remember one that the greatest one because Kron, you talked about like, is this really the end? And I'll give my theory afterwards. Oh, I will say with the opening credits, uh, there's not. I don't think there's a ton of stuff in this movie that's practical, but. I love seeing those practical pumpkin openings. You know, you got uh, pumpkins inside of pumpkins mm-hmm. peeling off. You get a new pumpkin. Some some transformation within. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. You're having a great spooky season. More practical pumpkin work in Hollywood. <laughs> you think that was practical? It looks like it. I How mean, do you the think they it- got those pumpkins inside those other pumpkins? I don't, dude. I'm not a tech whiz. I don't know. It's fucking Phil Tippett did that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. All right. It's Halloween 2019. Whoa, this should, this should throw you off right off the bat. Wait a minute. Halloween Kills took place in 2018. It's very confusing. Halloween 2019. We got Corey. Corey, you're a lifesaver. He is here to babysit this little shitty kid named Jeremy. Um, also for the listener, uh, F- five day rentals, we usually do a, a pretty hardcore beat by beat. Um, but seeing as we don't want to subject Kron any further or, you know, we don't want to hold him hostage much longer. We're going to go a little bit quicker. Obviously you've seen the movie and we are jumping right into Diablo spoilers here. Why? Right. Does anyone in Haddonfield celebrate Halloween at this point? Oh, Jeremy's broken. Oh, Oh, sorry. Jeremy fell off the stairs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So uh, you get this great little opening of of this cute, adorable kid named Corey here to... um, fill in and babysit for Jeremy. His parents are going to a Halloween party. Um, Dad seems pretty cool. Mom's a little uptight. She says that, uh, you know, ever since the the Michael Myers stuff of last Halloween, Jeremy's been having some some issues, been wet in the bed. But, you know, don't let him watch a monster movie and get him to bed soon. Well, Corey's cool. Let's the kid watch the thing. But the kid's still a piece of shit. Um, insults Corey. Corey goes to get some chocolate milk and a piece of zucchini bread, which is such a bummer. He never gets any of it. This kid's better than Corey. This kid's uh, mad that he got a lame-ass man babysitter and not some strange wool to (laughs) hang out with. This kid should be the story we're watching. Well, you see... Instead of Corey... (laughs) You see, you see uh, what happens. A chunk of his story, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so while Corey's in the kitchen, Jeremy runs up, um, starts instigating a little game of hide and seek. 
Um, we get some hints here. They, they start to make you think, like, is Michael Myers back? Is he in this house? Um, Corey's screaming up in the attic. Or uh, Jeremy's screaming up from the attic. Corey goes up, follows him up there. What do you know? Jeremy locks him in. He's locked him in the attic, talking all sorts of shit. Corey is uh, freaking out. He starts kicking the door, happens to yell, I'm going to fucking kill you. Ends up kicking the door. This knocks Jeremy over the railing, and he falls three stories to his death right as his parents come home. Kid just uh, folds, too. Oh, man. It's, it, it's an incredible opening. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, it's great. You know, I like to joke about the subverting your expectations, but this thing, this is incredible. Um, I have been reading a little bit of the novelization uh, cliff notes of this? and I, uh, of Halloween ends. Uh, and I guess in this, one of the things that they cut out or it, that the novelization expounds on is that Corey calls the parents and says like, I can't find Jeremy. He's freaking out. Like I can't, can you come home? And that's why they came home earlier, which I thought was a, like, I I don't know. I think in a way, maybe that would have played more to the fact that, all right. So the parents come home, they see Jeremy, they scream, they look up. Oh my God, what did you do? Because uh, they heard, I'm going to fucking kill you, basically. And him standing over the railing holding a knife. Uh, this cuts into our credits, like Kron said, some pumpkins inside of pumpkins. You get those great blue um, Season of the Witch uh, credits. Then we get this montage catch-up. Uh, Lori's writing a book. So we're now four years after 2018. All this book writing stuff was terrible. I thought what <laughs> VO of like I don't know, like my trauma is just a cherry blossom waiting to bloom or some shit. I mean, it's terrible. So negative. This movie just it takes itself so seriously. All three of these Gordon Green Halloween movies are so like we're making real films now. It's like I didn't mind this. I didn't mind it. So over this montage, Lori's kind of talking about like the trauma of Haddonfield and how broken the town is. We're seeing uh, victims of suicide on Halloween night. Um, the one, the thing I did find funny is that Lori just always happens to be at all these places. Like she's checking when, them out. Yeah. Um, we see, you know, Corey being put in the cop car and she happens to be driving by we see one lady who like hung herself and Lori's standing across the street um Lori fills us in you know she's bought a house she lives there with her granddaughter Allison if you remember from kills uh her daughter was killed right at the end Michael sliced her throat in the old Myers house and her dad Uh, I guess got killed too the dad was killed in 2018 oh okay um, so yeah, like Kron said, uh, some incredible writing here in VO for this book that she's writing. Uh, and let's just jump into it. So Corey works at a salvage yard. Uh, he works for a stepdad. Stepdad, uh, hooks him up with a motorcycle. Says maybe with a motorcycle, you won't, or a, you know, an engine fueling you, you won't be late. Allison, she's on her way to work. 
she gets pulled over by a cop who kind of hits on her, lets her know, like, hey, your muffler's about to fall off. There uh, looks to be a age gap between those two. Like, I get the sense that they were dating, like, before this movie started. Yeah. He looks easily uh, 15 years at least older than her. I'm thinking maybe the the drinking and partying ages him up. I was in my mind trying to keep him like mid thirties, but if you told me forty five, I wouldn't disbelieve it. Also, in the novelization, I think uh, post Halloween Kills, Lori sort of pushed her into that relationship with him to sort of like you know have a a cop around. Probably wouldn't be a a bad idea. Um. Corey stops at uh, a gas station to get some chocolate milk, but this fucking kid can never get his chocolate milk because as he's coming out, he's hounded by some uh, New York band teens who somehow live in Haddonfield. Uh, they Tough want him to teens, dude. Yeah, they, they want him to buy him some beer. Um, he does the the correct thing and says no. Uh, they start hounding him when they identify him, like, "Yeah, you're that fucking freak that killed that kid." Um, this makes Corey snap. He kind of crushes the yoo-hoo in his hand. Um, they push him down. There's no way this is happening. Everybody knows that you could always beat up the band geeks. They're fucking back in a big way, I'm told. <sighs> no. Yeah, band no. is back, Dan. I fucking, I think it's awesome that the tough kids in this town are band kids. I don't, it's just always it's, has his drumsticks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Lori also happens to be here. She intervenes, tells the kids to fuck off. Um, cool little thing here where she's like, do you want to do it or am I going to do it? Pulls out a pocket knife. They flatten one of the tires of the little Baron. It's no she takes a knife. Yeah. Do you think you could just stab through a tire? I feel like that'd be harder than movies make it seem to be. Dude, you know Laurie Strode's got sharp ass blades. That's true. The sharpest She's blades. Ready, but nonetheless, I mean, I think it takes some doing, you know. Yeah, but that's that's freak show or psycho strength, and they've got it. So she takes Corey to the clinic that Allison works at. Um, Allison is immediately smitten by this Corey kid. Love is in the air. Um, Doctor and Allison are working on Corey's hand. Doctor's kind of a dick. Um, Corey and Allison kind of hit it off. She mentions something about her car rattling. He's like, yeah, bring it in. I can fix it. No problem. Um, Cute little moment outside where he's looking at it. She makes a joke about her bike. He, you know, humble brags about, I just got a motorcycle. Um, We are at... uh, the Strode House, it's wine and tarot night. Um, why? That's every Saturday at every house. This is, and, uh, yeah. Well, why? This is what ladies right. do now. You never walked in on this with your mom and stuff? So I kind of mentioned, like, why does anyone in Haddonfield uh, celebrate Halloween? Like, why can no one leave Haddonfield? Like, it's, it's almost at this point like a Twilight Zone episode where you drive to the border and there's a fucking invisible fence or something. Like, I just, I can't imagine that the the Kim Richards or Kyle Richards, whichever, whichever one it is, like, 
if you went through an experience where you and your babysitter almost got murdered, I don't think you would both stay in the same town and hang out 30 years later. Like, it's just so, I don't know, man. (laughs) The logic in this movie makes zero sense. Why should they leave? Michael's the one that sucks. Because I think eventually you could move to the next town over and be like, start a life there. You could still come to visit in a 15-minute drive, but... So counter to this, Corey's at uh, his house. His mom's kind of a bitch. She's hounding him while over like a spaghetti dinner, withholds his custard dessert. Damn it. Uh, Allison, she shows up at the uh, the salvage yard to hit up on, on Corey. Um, oh, this was a nice scene. Lori and Fr- uh, Frank, they run into each other at the grocery store. Frank, as you remember, was uh, is Will Patton, the cop from the previous two movies. He's the one who got all stabbed to shit and kills. Um, he mentions like, yeah, my daughter got me a Rosetta Stone and I'm learning Japanese and I'm going to go over there and see the cherry blossoms. Kind of hits on her a little bit. Lori kind of leaves with a glow. She's she's kind of happy. Uh, but she's berated by the sister of the, the wino lady from Kills, the one that had the fluorescent tube in her neck. The good scene of Kills. Yeah. She didn't die. Nope, she made it. Um... Yeah, basically going on. So we're hinting a little bit more at the the town's disdain of Lori. How there's this narrative that Lori's, you know, pretty much to blame for Michael's behavior. Uh, we didn't really mention at the very beginning, there's the, the radio broadcast of, is it Willie the Kid? Who's like yeah. a real perpetrator of the narrative that, you know, that Lori somehow seduced Michael and... And is is the cause of this? So, well, it's kind of, it, it's like without Michael being there, they need someone to blame for the ills of Haddonfield. So, I guess she's most adjacent to that, you know. Yeah, and Corey's mom even brings that up a little bit later. Dude's not even playing that much rock music. I think he's kind of trying to get into talk, Dan. I think he's trying to transition the programming over to. <laughs> Some sort of call-in show. Um, Allison was not originally going to go to this Halloween party, but now that she's got this uh, hunky stud Corey to go with her, she decides to go. Um, they go. She gives him like a scarecrow mask. That's his his costume for the night. She's got this sexy cat thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, they have a blast. They're they're dancing having a ton of drinks. Corey ends up running into Jeremy's mom, who's sitting at the bar. She has a bit of a freak out on Corey. Uh, he he bolts. Allison tries to comfort him, but he ends up taking off. Um, while he's walking home, the band crew stop Corey again. They're back uh, in a big way. <laughs> back in a big way. Um, he fucked up the LeBaron. They tussle. Uh, Corey kind of calls the main kid out for ha- like his daddy issues because earlier at the salvage yard, um, he noticed the band kid's dad like slapping him and calling him a fucking moron for driving on a flat for two miles. You messed up my LeBaron, 
Corey? <laughs> I only see one LeBaron, Corey. Where's, where's your LeBaron? Uh, so in this tussle, they end up breaking Corey's glasses, and I think he pulls a knife on him at some point, but the, the drumstick the kid's knife. able to just easily swat Qu- that. Quickly yeah. disarm him with mm-hmm. his drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Where you got to have a drumstick that? kid in your crew. Uh, in this tussle, Tor- uh, Corey gets tossed over the side of the bridge. Um. Of course, the kid, like, there's, like, one girl in the group of the band kids who's, like, not as shitty. So she's, I like. I think she just decides not to be shitty here. Because she was pretty shitty the first time. Yeah. I think and then all of a sudden she's, like. Well, this is not as shitty in the sense that she's, like, you got to go check on him. Like, and main dude's, like, he fucking fell over. That's the way it happened, you know. She's, she's just the, like, hey, don't do that. <clears throat> But she's not going to do anything. She's just going to say that to yep. make herself feel better. Well, there's a difference between, uh, you know, punching someone in the stomach and leaving and throwing them over a 20-foot drop-off. Yeah. So. Into a homeless camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he's knocked out, we see Corey get dragged away and an unhoused person just sort of watching. Cut to Corey waking up in a sewer. Uh he tries to slip out of this thing, but he's grabbed by who? Fucking Michael Myers. Whoa. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael stares into Corey's eyes. They sort of uh, somehow sees his trauma, some little passing of, of evil. Not yeah, sure. Whatever. Maybe Michael's just weakened. They Michael hit that pulls a little his bit. mask up and kisses Corey. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I th- I mean, it's is that your fan fiction? Yeah, it's coming, guys. It's not even implied. It is like Michael somehow sees this kid's past by staring into his eyes. I will say in 2018, whenever Allison, when Michael is coming up from the trapped basement or whatever, and she stabs him with the knife. Yeah. It kind of focuses on her, and I thought then, I was like, oh, she's going to have like the the killer instinct or something that, that Michael has or some shit. And I was like, I wonder if they're going to go that way with like kills or whatever. But I mean, here we are. Hmm. I did have that thought. Well, I mean, even in kills with the with the daughter when she's like up in the room, like, Oh yeah. She still has the knife and shit, I think. Yeah. And she's like looking out, you know, she, they were, cause they were like, there was some weird, like, what is it about this spot or this house? Like she was trying to get in his headspace. But as we know, Michael's oh, just Lori's daughter pure again. evil. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, Michael lets him go. Uh, the homeless guy outside, he startles Corey pulls a knife out on him, starts going on about how, like, you go in there and get my mask. I'm actually Michael Myers. Some other shit about, like, he pulls people in there and doesn't let them out, whatever. Um, In this tussle, Corey's basically forced to just kill this guy. Um, Stabs a dude, throws a knife away, takes off. Um, Allison was up for a promotion from her dickhead doctor, but she ends up losing it to the... uh, the nurse that's boning the doctor. 
uh, Corey shows up to the Strode house to apologize to Allison. Uh, he kind of apologize after announcing that he just killed somebody. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a little bit later. That's on the walk. But uh, he scares the shit out of Lori. She loves that shit. Yeah, he's like standing by a bush like Michael. Um, when Lori comes out, he kind of pops up behind her. Um, Lori's a little bit, little bit freaked out by Corey by this point. Motorcycles and murder? Oh my god! <laughs> he's your classic bad boy. I mean, Hell what do you yeah. want? Uh, on their walk, Corey admits to killing somebody. Um, I just and, killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, I love he you. says he says I killed somebody. That's my but, opening line whenever I talk to chicks. You ever seen a dead body? Well, yeah, because I mean, do if, you want to? If she's into that, you know. And if Pop not, you're not bike, wasting baby. your time. He takes her to the Allen house, walks her through the evening of, of Jeremy's death. Um, Lori goes to Corey's house. Um, little back and forth with her and Corey's mom. She kind of puts the blame on the town. Like when they when they lost their boogeyman, they needed to put it on somebody else. Like it had not been you and your boogeyman, Corey wouldn't have got all the flack that he got. He's a good kid, oh, a good, beautiful, beautiful baby boy. She'd be lucky to have him. Uh, Corey and Allison, they're sitting down at a diner. Um Discussing possible future, you know, so crying to your whole point of like, why the fuck are they still here? Corey even asked her, like, why haven't you left? She says, you know, my memories are here. Yeah, like this literally is- the worst memories you can have <laughs> of any location. Like, your mom and dad were murdered. Yeah, you saw probably 10 that, people you that's know. That's only a fraction of her time here, though, Kron. I think there were 18, those- 18 nice years. Uh, Time heals all, Kron. I think the newer memories are weighted harder than the (laughs) previous 18. Uh, The cop, Mulaney, from before that pulled her over, he kind of interrupts. He's a little buzzed. Um, Makes the situation a little awkward. Eventually, Corey kind of has to step up to him. Like, get the hint, dude. Um. We get our first of multiple sexy nighttime motorcycle rides. Some sexy synth pop. Corey drops Allison off. They make out a little bit. Thank you, John. Uh, but uh, Corey knows that uh, Mulaney's following him. So he leads Mulaney uh, to the sewer entrance under the bridge. Uh, what I haven't asked you guys yet, um, have you guys taken advantage of the $1 wing with any burger at Applebee's? You didn't no. get... Oh, did you get that on Peacock? <laughs> no, I just... It, I thought it'd be time to ask you guys if you've taken advantage of that That great... I did... Uh, I want to shout out Haller Brothers. Nice jacket, Mulaney. Right on, dudes. Stop promoting all this bullshit. Anytime. Anytime. Stop talking about wings and clothing brands that don't pay us any money. They'll send you a jacket. This is how it starts, Kron. This is not how it starts. They have to approach us and say, we would like you to read this I tweeted it. I tweeted it. I think life in Haddonfield would be a little bit better if people could enjoy Applebee's 
once a week. Hey, fuck Applebee's and those jackets. How about that? And Haller Brothers, he didn't stab through the jacket, so it was it was safe. God damn it. You guys are corporate shills. I hope you know that. So Corey, he uh sneaks off into the uh into the sewer opening. Mulaney follows. He's baited him right into a Michael Myers trap. Now, Michael is a little obviously he's like 65 years old. He's a little Hold weakened on. here. Bones, you know what we're going to do with all our money? We're going to get the same fucking Lambos and Black Roses, and he's going to be so jealous. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to be able to drive them two miles an hour. And yeah, you know we're going to get him? A, a fucking can of red paint. That's what we're going to get him. That's yeah. all I need. <laughs> Sounds like it's time to blast off, dude. Paint Literally paint the town red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah, Michael's a little slow to take Mulaney down, but with Corey's help and Corey basically cheering him on, show me how to do it, uh, Michael pulls a knife out of the wall. You can't figure out how to kill someone? It's one motion with your arm. (laughs) Yeah, but Michael's got a a fucking art to it, man. This is kind of where where Dan got off the train a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the whole, like, let's bro together and fucking WWE tag team some killings. Like, that was no? the one thing I was like, eh. This dude's been a lone killer for 50 fucking years. I don't think he's just going to be like, yeah, little guy, come over to my wing. Yeah, but he's never met anybody like Corey. He's never a look. Corey is special, man. He's never seen into a man's eyes and recognized the trauma that lives within him. Mm -hmm. So there's some deeper desires going on here. Is this what we're trying to say about Halloween ends? I don't think it's anything. um, Maybe Halloween begins for two. You know what? I'm glad you brought up begins because I was thinking about this. I'm fucking. Can we please stop with the ends, begins, returns? like title things like can this was, be can this, this be fucking it fucking star wars they ruined it i don't know i mean i love the movie batman begins but the title sucks Whoa, dude. like batman returns superman returns like it, we don't need all that shit it's what just a cooler want? way of saying two yeah what do you want to do just one two three four do that or do, um, I mean, Darkman's got it down. The return of Durant is fucking cool. I mean, start referring to your shits as returns. Oh, it returned. It returns. I returned it to the toilet. I never got it from the toilet in the first place. Dan's doing a lot of different stuff that you don't want to know about. Yeah. I recycle. Okay. Why do they say taking a shit? I leave the shit. Dan is taking <laughs> and returning. I, I don't want right. a carbon footprint, guys. Eventually, Michael uh, stabs a shit out of Mulaney. We kind of see Michael sort of get some strength back. Corey swings by Allison. Uh, they spend the night together. Pretty sexy scene, I think, here. Um. <laughs> 
Allison mm. does it for me. Corey does it for me too, but Allison for sure. But this scene, I thought this scene was pretty hot. Um, as they Let's go up see. the stairs, Lori happens well, to be driving home. I'll get with Allison to see if I'm really into Michael, and then I'll decide. Mm-hmm. He just had a life-altering event, man. He needs to, like... Hey, he's figuring his shit out, okay? Yeah. When he wakes up in the morning, he's uh, he sees the scarecrow mask. wonder what this does to him. All right, Lori, uh, she's venting to Lindsay at the bar. Uh, about her her newfound concerns of Corey. Uh, Lindsay introduces Lori to Jeremy's father. He's there at the bar playing pool. Uh, He goes on about his feelings of guilt, um, how he and the town sort of treated Corey. Um, He says that he happened to see Corey walking the other day, wanted to pull over and apologize, but um, when Corey looked at him, he said there was just something in his eyes, like it's something's off. That wasn't the kid that came over to, to babysit that night. Cut to the doctor's house. He and the nurse are about to get it on. He tells Alexa to play some lame-ass song and starts prepping some apps and wine while she goes and takes a shower. This dude's doing way too much work. She already wants to get down. Like He's got all kinds of shit going. Yeah. I think he's trying to line up a, you know, trophy wife situation i think he's you know he's he's playing a longer game dan and if i was a chick if a dude was like go take a shower before we get dirty i'm like no dude come on we didn't see what they were doing between work and now i mean they could have been rolling around in a mud pit or something i want you to wash your vagina (laughs) um american psycho reference people i'm not a psycho um Check out my episode of Best Little House in Philly. And then get ready for another one. Hint, hint. All you castle freaks out there. Hey. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, the nurse's name is Deb. While she's prepping a shower, she hears a little commotion. Um, ends up walking out into the courtyard. And what do we see? We see fucking Corey just going to town on this doctor with the corkscrew. I did think that was a cool shot when she came out, mm-hmm. and you back. could kind of just see like a little bit yeah. in the darkness. That, that um, they did that earlier too when Mulaney is in the sewer, and he's kind of flashing around. There is one shot where you can see Michael kind of hunched over, um, where he's like right next to him, but it's not enough light for Mulaney to see. I thought that was cool. Um, she freaks out. She runs inside. Corey tries to chase her. She ends up closing the glass door, slamming his fucked up hand inside. Uh, she grabs her phone. She's about to call 911, but who fucking shows up? Fucking Michael Myers. Picks her ass up, stabs her right into a piece of art. Looks great. More motorcycle sexy time. This time they end up at the radio station. Uh... While they're up on the rooftop, Corey's talking about, you know, I used to ride up here, climb up here all the time. I dream about um, burning this fucking radio tower. Fuck the radio. (laughs) We've got the internet now. Don't you know what a fucking podcast is? This is obsolete tech. Yeah. I would say if anything uh, of this movie is unbelievable to me, it's the fact that there's an independent radio station that's thriving. 
<laughs> that everybody listens to. Um, but oh, I guess it's it's a private operation because uh, we have one here in Nashville, and if I'm you know. As I drive to work, it goes in and out probably seven times. So <laughs> That's also Nashville, not Haddonfield, Illinois. Yeah, but so. I'm saying even here, I can't pick up the independent radio station. And <laughs> Okay. Um, so Corey, you know, just trying to get a little rise out of Allison. He jumps off the roof um, when he does that. Fucking Willie the kid comes out and starts talking all sorts of shit. Well, um, Willie comes out and he's like, hey, stop jumping off the roof. <laughs> Corey's like, fuck you. You can't tell us what to do. Like, you are yeah, some tough team bullshit. Yeah. It's like you're about to kill yourself on my property, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fine. But then when he sees Allison, he starts going on about how like, you know your grandmother riled up a mentally challenged person and, you know, just continues the fucked up narrative. That's probably getting him listens. What I do think is funny is that Allison still listens to the radio station. They show her later driving around to it. But I guess it's one of those things like, you know, we get a bad review. I want to read it. You know, she probably can't help herself. Um, so after this date, we see Corey back at his house. Uh, his mom's giving him some shit about seeing this girl, basically kicks him out of the house. Uh, cute little line from the stepdad here. I hope you find love. October 31st. Corey wakes up at the Allen's place. He's sleeping on Jeremy's bloodstain. Uh, Lori wakes him up. Jeremy's bloodstain. You can't just jump ahead, Dan. You gotta. I was gonna join in with you, and you. Are you ready? You were at like the end of the chorus, not the beginning of it. I just did Jeremy's bloodstain, and yeah, but it's you you gotta do Jeremy's bloodstain. Bloodstain. Jeremy's bloodstain. In class today. I didn't know you were such a, you know, PJM uh, enthusiast. Who, me? Yeah. I think that might be the only, that, I used to have a tape of like MTV's 10 most controversial music videos, and that was on there. Ooh, what else? Uh, Smack My Bitch Up? Smack My Bitch Up was number one, dude. The Ringer just did a big article about the Jeremy. Read it. I mean, I know oh. it's said to death, but is that the most perfect album? Ten? Yeah. No. I got albums I like better than that. Is it Pearl Jam's most perfect album? I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I would. I would go with that. I'm sure there's some no code dudes out there and no. Yeah. I, fucking versus dude, which versus is pretty good too though. Yeah. All right. Here's a question for you guys. Is okay. Lori actually here? Yes. You think so? Where? 
Oh, at the house? Yeah. Yeah, I think all the Lori, I would say all the Lori, Allison, and Corey stuff is happening. Uh, I would question if Michael Myers is around for <laughs> most of the movie. He's not. Hmm. That would be a you. You well, don't we'll think there. you don't think he's actually seeing Michael in the in the sewer? Well, I, I mean, if you think about like Friday Part Five or like any of those that kind of subvert, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll get there, but this one does feel like a cop out in a way. I feel like they are setting it up for a lot of the movie to make you think, to make you flip flop between it's just Corey versus. Michael Myers is actually in the movie. Hmm. That's why I say I don't I don't believe Michael would want a wingman. I so was pretty I, on I get you, Cron. I was pretty on the fence with it until you get to the end of the movie and they make a definitive step, you know? Yeah. See, I, I didn't have any question of that, but I I don't think Lori is here. I think he's having a conversation with himself, basically. I think he's 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 fully into that into who he is now. And this little speech where she talks about, you know, there's the two types of evil, the outside force that can affect the tribe, and then the evil within, and he's still conflicted about that the way he sits on the stairs and puts his back to her and kind of goes on about like you know I think he says you're the freak show I'm the psycho something I don't think she's there I don't but this is a driving point to the plot though because he decides if if I can't have Allison then you can't either True, right. but I think he's he's just having that inner monologue. I think he's basically, as he's shifting to what he's becoming, it's like, all right, the end game will be, can I get out of here with Allison? But he's still fucked up. And I mean, it does show her kind of looking suspicious at Corey a few times before all of this, so... I don't know. I th- I think she is, and she's at the suicide. She's holding, she's holding a paper airplane too, which uh, she I don't think she would have known about, right? Which well, was a like, thing in the beginning, like the, Jeremy wanted to make like paper airplanes, and because Corey was an engineering student, he was like, you know, let's let's make one that can really fly. I think I her think- holding that is another piece to me thinking that it's in his head. I, mean, I think it's all going back to the Pearl Jam Jeremy video where they're throwing airplanes in the classroom. I think if you sat there for... Just let the kid talk. I think if you sat there for three hours, though, waiting for someone to wake up, uh, you got a piece of paper next to you, you're going to get a little creative, <laughs> you know? I think it should be a little more complex. Just some like loose a, leaf sitting in this swan. abandoned house? <laughs> yeah. I think... That she is there based – because I feel like the movie does – she talks to other people where she's like, I don't know about this kid. Like, you know, I kind of hooked him and Allison up, but now he's showing up at the house. He's looking different. 
I gotta I guess, feed them. Yeah, it kind of like follows a project or a, a a progression from he's okay to like he is visibly changing, and I can see it. Yeah, I also don't think it's definitive either way, or changes it either way. Because on both, they're still playing it. Yeah, well, I think on both watches. So the first watch, I, I was like, okay, yeah, she's there. Second watch, I started to imagine it as she wasn't there, and the paper airplane, and I don't. I just the fact that she went out and in the window the same way, like uh, he comes in. Uh, I I I don't know. I I don't think she's there, but I don't think it's a a, a huge factor. I think it's more interesting to me that you thought that there was a chance that Michael wasn't there because that that never played for me in the beginning. Like a, a great run of five Dave Reynolds movies, three in a row, where it's just like, is what is reality? Real? Yeah. What is not? Well, God, I, we're good, guys. I was kind of going to say, Bones, like I did not read it that way when I watched the movie with Lori. Um, I think you make a good case for it and in as you were presenting that, I was thinking, does that change any of the rest of the movie for me? And it really doesn't have like a huge bearing on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the events that occur after this, it's kind of like, I get what you're saying and I could see that being the case, but it doesn't really change anything that occurs from here forward. Yeah. The only thing it kind of affects. So the next scene is Corey calling Allison. And saying, like, let's leave. She's like, I got to go. I'm, like, at work. And he's like, all right, 9 o'clock. Like, we got to leave because your grandmother threatened me. Mm. Like, it's like, okay, did she actually threaten him? Or is he is he playing that up even more so? Because, you know, when she tries to leave later on and Lori intervenes, like, it's she doesn't actually say, like, he was fucking sleeping at Jeremy's house. Like, that's, ter-. you know, she's just more about, like, I looked into his eyes and he reminds me of Michael or whatever. Um, so yeah, he calls Allison. They make plans to leave. We see Corey show up to Michael, Michael's little sewer lair in a shot that I absolutely love. It kind of follows him, go through the tube. You see Michael just kind of standing in the back. Corey just starts to wrestle with him, eventually gets him on the ground and pulls his mask off. And then it's all in a water. And then he just, Comes back out the pipe. Um, outside go, the gas station. Go wrestle this guy in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. You know that fucking mask stinks. God damn. All right. Outside the gas station, Corey fucks up the LeBaron once once again. Kind of baiting the band kids. Can't catch a break. Yep. Lori tries to stop Allison from leaving. They have a little back and forth. We already kind of talked about it. Um, you know, Allison's even finishing Lori's sentences by like, you know, yeah, evil, sandwiches. Michael, sandwiches. Um, we see Corey's stepdad watching Hard Target on his laptop. <laughs> Poor guy. At the salvage to, yard. Like, set at the fucking work computer to watch his movies. I was like the first thing I posted on like some forums is like, yeah, I don't know if I've ever been represented more of like having to watch a loud, dumb action movie with headphones. Yeah, his wife must watch a lot of reality TV at home. <laughs> yeah. 
taking up the good TV downstairs. My wife's on uh, ER right now. And the bummer is like, I'll walk through and I'll be like, oh shit, I remember fucking Dr. Carey. And then I'll sit down and I'll end up watching an episode and a half with her. And then two days later I'll come in and she's a season ahead. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. How much ER did Bones fucking watch as a kid? Apparently all of it. So, uh, the band kids, they show up to the salvage yard in pursuit of Corey. Um, guys, it's time for some fucking brutality here. Oh, I was hoping that sentence would end earlier. It's time for some fucking. <laughs> uh, they start to fuck with Corey's uh, motorcycle. They're going to, uh, drag it with the LeBaron. Uh, so who do we got here? We got uh, Margo, Billy, Stacy, and Terry. Uh, Terry is like the main, and then Billy is your drum kid. Uh, he tells Billy to go back to LeBaron up so they can hook it up to the motorcycle. Uh, but he's taking his sweet time. When Terry goes to check on Billy, he sees that Billy's been stabbed in the face. They all start freaking out. Michael or Corey, I'm doing air quotes here, um, starts up the tow truck. They start ch- uh, running down Margo. Uh, Stacy gets over the the fence in time, but Margo takes her sweet time, ends up getting fucking sandwiched uh, between the ground and a chain link fence underneath this tow truck. Uh, Stacy, she runs over to try to help. She gets a wrench to the face. Uh, Terry ends up getting the attention of the stepdad. He gives uh, stepdad get, ends up giving Terry a rifle, and then walks outside with a handgun. He, I think, he goes over to check on Margot when Corey reveals himself. He takes off his mask, shows himself to the stepdad. Terry aims the rifle, but the stepdad tries to step in front of him. Terry ends up shooting him in the head. Corey knocks out Terry. And then goes and gets the fucking welder. And then in probably the most brutal kill of the movie, uh, just starts melting Terry's face with a blowtorch while he's still alive. Margo's underneath the chain link, still screaming. Uh, he ends up just crushing her. Well, yeah, this is the most brutal kill. There's another one later that's just awesome. I thought the blowtorch was probably the most brutal. Yeah. Uh, ends up just boot to Margot's face. Corey shows up his home, uh, shows up at his house. The mom is gluing some rabbit and watching like a cooking show or some shit. Um, you get a great flash, or, you know, homage to the first Halloween here. It's first person as Corey grabs a, a knife, stabs his mom at the radio station. Uh, Willie's reading the hustler. He's dealing with some like woke cancel culture listeners that are, complaining about his uh his on-air speeches Corey shows up did you guys notice the uh the receptionist at the radio station who that was yep darcy the mail girl joe map yep uh this movie has three boobs four (laughs) check it out uh yeah he kills her and then in the most fun kill of the movie runs up on willie bashes his fucking head 
into the uh, turntables there. Um, and then in a very Carpenter-esque, like very slow shot, like from behind, you see Corey grab some scissors, cuts out fucking Willie's tongue. It drops onto the record and makes the record skip on every pass, which is pretty great. Cut to Allison listening to the radio station in her car. She's hearing the skip. Um, she's at the diner waiting. Uh, she rejects a call from Lori, then ends up going to Corey's out, uh, house. She's texting him, are you okay? Where are you? It's a little uh, twilighty, right? Like very tween romance kind of view of... Because it's, I, I feel like they've known each other for a week, and they're like, let's leave Haddonfield together. Uh, it's damaged love, bro. I guess. It just seems romantic as hell. <laughs> she thinks he can. she can fix him. No, I, you're going to jail, you dumbass. Yeah, he's killing people. <laughs> Death row. She doesn't know that. She's going to look back on this or and she's, be like, I should have left Haddonfield She's acting myself. like she doesn't, yeah. All right. I don't know what love is. <laughs> I want you to show me. I'll light the match. <laughs> Lori heads upstairs for the night. We're at the Strode house. She's starting to act a little strange. She lights up a candle and a jack-o'-lantern. She has a few drinks. She looks over her manuscript. She unlocks her, unlocks her gun safe, pulls out a hammerless revolver. Then she calls 911 and reports a suicide to her address. She walks around her office. She puts the gun to her head, starts to cry. From the outside of the room, we hear the gunfire and some nastiness fly up on the wall. A hand pushes the door open. We reveal Lori standing. Did you really think I'd kill myself? She puts two shots into Corey. He goes over the railing. Lori empties the gun and challenges Corey to a knife fight right as Allison pulls up. Um, Corey laughs it off and says, I told you, if I can't have her, no one can. And ends up stab stabbing himself in the throat. Ballsy. Way to back up that speech you made earlier. Yeah. Taking yourself out of the equation. Bitch. Allison comes in. She sees Lori standing over Corey's dead body. Hmm. Uh, kind of reflecting right? the beginning of the movie in a way, right? Hmm? It's like poetry. It rhymes. Allison screams as Lori backs away. Allison leaves. Lori walks into the kitchen and collapses almost, I don't know, kind of like she does multiple times in the original Halloween. Lori notices that the side door is open. We see a hand grab the mask. Michael, if you just learn to close doors after you come in the house, like he's weakened and old now. He's you have a way he's better. Not record. as smooth. Takes a lot of energy to close a door, Dan. Yeah, born in a barn, that guy. He's been living in a sewer for four years. There were no doors down there. Same hand grabs a knife. It's the fucking shape, dudes. Corey tries to interrupt. Uh, Myers ends up having to break his neck. Lori locks the door. It's on. Allison, she's driving. She sees the radio tower on fire. She gets a call from Frank. Frank says, where's Lori? We got a call of a suicide. She turns, turns around, heads back to the house. At the house, Lori's trying to hide. 
the shape is distracted by your microwave. Uh, they set this up multiple times. Trying to get some popcorn at the, going. Yeah. Oh, was he was he looking at the date to make yeah. sure? Oh it was yeah, he was October like, 31st? Is there a calendar on this fucking thing? <laughs> yeah, he was trying to use it. He was like, well, "I got to reset the entire time and date and year. This is crazy." Ten thirty one. And then he forgot how long he was in the sewer. So he's like, is it, shit, has it been four years? Damn. Is ramen one full minute or two minutes? See, you can't start thinking about that because you're still trying to set that calendar, dude. Oh, fuck. When Michael's distracted, Lori comes out with a fire extinguisher, hits him. We got a melee in the kitchen. Myers almost gets Lori's hand with a garbage disposal. She almost gets him with a knitting stick. Uh, He almost stabs her with it. She gets one of his hands, stabs it into the butcher block, gets another knife, stabs it into his chest. Michael sits up. She gets the other hand into the butcher block, uses a skillet to hammer that in further, tips over the refrigerator to lock his legs. She pulls out another fucking crocodile Dundee-sized knife, smashes it into his side. She pulls off his mask. A few too many words, but eventually she slices his throat. And then his wrist. Not yet. Okay, fine. She cuts his throat. Yep. Uh, She's talking a little bit more. He ends up freeing his own hand by slicing it in half from from that knife. Gets a grip on Lori's throat. She's like, fuck it, do it. I'm ready. Um, Allison runs in and screams. She uh, grabs Michael's arm and breaks it. This is where Lori like grabs his hand and then slices his wrist, lets him bleed out. The cops and Frank finally show up. Cut to Michael being strapped to the top of Allison's car. The sheriff shows up. Some of the cops are like, hey, this isn't, this isn't how we do this. And the sheriff's like, tonight it is. We got a whole fucking convoy. Haddonfield's best. Sheriff's got a Creighton Duke energy. Yeah. Uh, This whole convoy heads to the salvage yard. They throw the body into a shredder. Fucking awesome. Lori's finished her book. Allison leaves Haddonfield. Frank's drop, Frank drops by with some vegetables. Lori asks him about the cherry blossoms. It was Halloween ends. What a confusing conclusion to this trilogy. <laughs> what an end. And we'll see you next October mm-hmm. for the next one. Yeah, for Halloween Lives. <laughs> well... Is it time? Dan, did you did you get any trivia? Uh, not well. I guess there is a few. Just I think you covered a lot of it. Uh, a lot of it was just uh, throwbacks to uh, some of the other films, like the text for three and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's kind of throughout. I mean, yeah. visually. Let me just double check. 
I believe what's the guy that played the original Michael Myers is in the club whenever they go to the part the party or whatever. Yeah, Nick. Something. Nick Castle. Yeah. So um we got Corey's character. He is uh inspired by Arnie Cumming or Cunningham from Christine uh, yep. f- from nineteen eighty three. Um just kinda a lot of stuff like that. Uh like I said, they're watching the thing, which is another throwback to Carpenter. Carpenter did do the uh the soundtrack. I think he did all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper, which has been used in multiple Halloween movies. Yeah, they really um, missed an opportunity for uh, the doors. This is the end. <laughs> Too much. Too much money. Uh, we get a throwback to Halloween Resurrection with him uh, creeping around in the sewers. And yeah, just no Kung Fu, though. That's true. Uh, Halloween H2O. He did did. break your neck, though. Yeah. Uh, He did try to put her hand in a uh, garbage disposal as well in that film. So that was kind of a throwback. Uh, Development in June of 2018, Danny McBride confirmed that he and David Gordon Green had originally intended to pitch two films that would be shot back to back and then decided against it, waiting to see the reaction of the first one. Uh, September of 2018, uh, Bloom asked if there's going to be a sequel, if the movie performs well. A month later is whenever 2018 opened. McBride then confirmed, since it did so well, that a sequel was in development very early. And then in t- July of 2019, Universal revealed that there would be two more sequels. Halloween Kills and Halloween's Ends, set for 2020 and 2021. But of course, COVID snuck in and delayed those. So that's mm. about it. Yeah. Uh, I will recommend uh, Red Letter Media, Half in the Bag, did an awesome episode on Halloween Ends. Uh, the last 10 minutes of which Mr. Plinkett shows up and does some actual, like, uh, great dissection. Uh, I think much better than any of us are capable of doing. Like they're, you know, they're actual editors. They know how that shit works. So if you're not a fan of red letter media, you really should be. Um, so check them out. Wow. Hey, a real, uh, uh, promo heavy episode for well, Apple. I was going to say, uh, media. check out nerds, geeks in the kitchen sink. They did a good, uh, little review there too. On their they did. Latest yeah. episode. I, I did have to kind of, block Steer it away. i didn't i didn't want it to like influence too much but yeah definitely i hear you dk i hear you but i hear you too chris <laughs> all right let's do it i led this fucker so cron why don't you start us off rate my box oh just hold on guys do we want to know the average letterbox you always score? you always tell us it is I'm always for you. 2.3. Oh, look at that. Cron Howard bringing it tonight, guys. All right, guys. Here we go. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I was picking up some positivity from Bones. I'm giving Bones a 3.0 and Dan a 2.0. 
Okay, Cron Howard, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a 1.5 for you. And yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go 3.0 for Bonesy there. Um, Dan 2.0, Cron 1.5. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, I don't know. I think this thing is an utter mess. Like, it... To me, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, at least as writers of Halloween, are completely too far up their own asses. Like, I think every time they make one of these, they're like, smash hit, home run, we couldn't have made a better movie if we tried. Um... And I think this movie, like, I know we kind of disagreed, Bones. I did get a lot of impression of, like, is Michael Myers real in this movie or is this just Corey? So I feel like they almost took this approach of we want to do, like, a Halloween 3 thing, like something that's different. And I would say the closest thing that this is to, in my opinion, would be Friday Part 5. Um, but at the same time, it's like they will not commit to that movie either it's kind of like we'll take you up until the last 20 minutes and then oh we've actually got to put michael in the movie like and we have to make it definitive that yes he is in the movie he's been in the movie the whole time it's kind of this like cop-out ending um and for guys that are so heavily involved in comedy um i don't know Uh, like some of the stuff that is in part five of friday the 13th that makes it so good is all the goofy shit And I feel like they're so reluctant to put anything like that in these movies. Like, you're not going to get the enchilada line or people singing to each other in a bathroom in in these David Gordon Green Halloween movies. Um, And it's just kind of a bummer. I feel like they're so self-serious with this. um, And they've just approached it like we are making the three best Halloween movies that ever existed. And I think they're very far from it. I don't know. They're just not fun in a way. They're they're tedious and they're difficult to get through. Um, but I don't know. Like I said at the beginning of this, at least they picked a lane on this movie. At least they did something different. I do feel like their 2018 was a remake of the original. I felt like uh, Kills was just treading water. And at least this movie commits I don't think I particularly enjoy the direction they went, but at least they did a thing. Uh, I'm a 2.0 on this film. Thank you, Kron Howard. Um, Love the beginning with Corey and Jeremy. I feel like that could have been inserted in Halloween Kills to kind of set up Corey. I like, I don't mind that they decided to add a totally different character, but like I said, if they would have set it up at like the very end of kills or maybe, I don't know, even after the credits or whatever, have that scene. Um, I feel like in a, in a third movie, when you're introducing a whole totally brand new character, you're kind of in trouble. Like, Oh shit, what do we do? Um, like I said before, I didn't like the, like, broing out between 
Corey and Michael Myers. I think I agree with Kron there. That kind of plays with, is Michael Myers even real? Um, got some Jason vibes there as well, Kron, with, uh, with five and Jason goes to hell. Um, I think you should have had 20 minutes of maybe Lori and maybe dealing with Allison and shit like that. And then you should have just had like a fucking hour fight between Michael Myers and Lori. I don't think the fight at the end was very satisfying. Uh, I think I'm coming down with the same score as kills. I think I'm going to here. Uh, it wasn't, I don't know. I, I guess I expected worse, I guess, but you know, I felt like they could have rearranged some stuff and it could have made it a little better. All right. Uh, Please forgive my COVID brain fog. I may not be able to express quite what I have inside. Um, I'm going to start with, Kron, you talk about like uh, the the comedy of it. Um, and that made me think of what was probably some studio intervention. So some of the scenes in Halloween – and Halloween kills where it were where it was just these little snapshots of people in Haddonfield having these like funny little interactions. Um, in Halloween 2018, it's the kid who like wants to dance when his dad tried to take him hunting. Um, in Halloween kills, I really liked the the scene with the uh, the two Johns that live in the old Myers house, the wino couple. I like that stuff. I like you know, getting to be with somebody for a little bit before you see them get murdered. It kind of adds a little bit to it. It kind of invent makes you invest. Um, I also want, those were some complaints some people had. They thought like, this isn't a comedy movie. This is a Halloween movie. What the hell? And also on that, I wonder um, with the decision to kind of go with Corey was there a studio note that said, people are going to come here for Michael Myers. There's got to be Michael in it. And I think while it's kind of a disservice to the first 80% of the movie, the last little bit, I do think people were, you come to this thing, like you kind of want some closure. You kind of finally do just want to see Lori kill him. Like you want it to be done. We've been dealing with this for f- 40 years like you you claim like the all of the promotion is like a, a balls out fight and this is it it's done and the the satisfaction of seeing him in that shredder of like yes we know they're going to reboot this in two years but for now my my run with with Lori at least Jamie Lee Curtis Lori hopefully it's done she threw his ass in the shredder so the studio note of like, hey, Corey's cool, but you still got to have Michael in there some way. I felt like it had a good balance of it. I fucking totally agree with you, Dan, that Corey should have any time in like the third of something and you introduce a totally new character. It makes me think two things. Oh, shit, you're in trouble or you definitely didn't plan this out. Right. 
and I was a little, uh, I would say 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, well, man, we are really with this fucking Corey kid. 30 minutes into it, I was like, I fucking love Corey. I am all about this. I love the way that this is going. Like, I love, and it really made me go back and reflect. 2018 being really about what Michael did to Lori and its impact on her family. Kills, while it kind of drops the ball, really talks about Michael's impact on the community of Haddonfield. And then this one is Michael's impact on a person that would be susceptible to this. I thought the way that they handle Corey's story is really good. Like it was really relatable in no way or at no time in it was I like, why is he doing that? What like pretty much everybody he kills is somebody that's been fucking shitty to him. Um, the relationship with him and Allison, even though it's damaged Twilight shit, I liked it. Like those little breaths of them on the motorcycle. I was like, man, I, I, I really rooting for them. Um, this is such a, a bummer and it's ultimately a tragedy and it, but it really worked. Um, I really liked this movie, man. I, I would give it a higher score. I think if, if there was some, a little bit more plotting and, and laying the groundwork for Corey or some other things. But to me, the series works. I'm glad I watched it. This is a 3.5. All right, guys. Uh, let's update this pivot table. I would say should definitely be higher than kills. I think it's going to end up higher than kills. All right. Halloween ends would have an average rating from the three of us of a 2.5. This would end up at number 55 on the big list. This would be right below Ice Road at 54 <laughs> and right above Gone with the Pope at 56. <laughs> That's kind of where I'd put this thing anyway. I mean, yeah. it's not at the bottom. Like, we've definitely watched worse movies, but um, I don't know. Me personally, like, I would take any of the run, like, any Halloween movie. I'm trying to think of, like, what was, when did Zombie start? Was that right after H2O? No, because they did uh, Resurrection after oh, H2O. Oh, that's right. See, I would take I would take all the run before Rob Zombie uh before I would watch any of these over again. I would take like that entire like from the first one through I don't know when Resurrection was like very late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. Well, it it doesn't help cuz it's that in itself is two timelines. Yeah. Because H2O takes place after 2. Like, H2O negates 4, 5, and 6. Yep. So, Dan, um, this ended up at, at number 55 on the big list. 55 on the two-day rentals list. Yeah. I Yeah, man, I would... And then that Thorn 
the Thorn series of four, five, six, like four's okay. And you could sit here and argue like, well, there's weirdness in four, five, and six. Yeah. That give us a little bit of charm, but man, I I will take this. I I still think I like the one two H two O run the most, mm-hmm. but I I thoroughly enjoy this. I will I will rewatch these movies. I I had a blast rewatching this the second time. I like walked downstairs with my hands in my pockets. I was like, Sam, I think I really liked this movie. She's like, Why is that a problem? I was like, I don't know. I would honestly, because I I looked at my scores. I mean, I gave Kills, of course, a 1.5. I gave 2018 a 2.0. I would almost, I would honestly probably say this was my favorite of the Gordon Green movies, was this third one. So I was between 2 and 2.5 just for them being creative, like finally picking a thing and running with it. Yeah. I almost wish this was the first in their trilogy. Like truthfully. And then maybe maybe like reverse it, like bring it back to the actual like there's an imposter up front and then you bring it back to the real Halloween by the time you get to part 3. Yeah. I think if you if you yeah, that, would, that would make sense. If you put this one second and you kind of you had the because if you just sort of look at like the overall impact of Michael, so if if 2018 is the impact on on her family directly, and then the next one was a, a Corey situation, and Corey is kind of responsible for reinvigorating Michael, and then the last one is just fucking kills, where like he's just at peak strength and murder, you know what I mean, like. The ending do... of this fits better with kills, like how violent it is, mm-hmm. in a way. And you could also introduce Corey like as a love interest in the first one as well. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. not a big character. Or it's unrequented love, like he likes Allison, but she's with the other guy, or you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, I think even if they gave an interview, they would probably say like, yeah, that'd be the ideal thing we should have done. But Mm -hmm. I think they didn't know like where they were going with three anyway, you know? So it's kind of like by the time you got two, three, one and two were already done. Like there's, you can't go back and change him. So yeah, I think he's just such a great character. Like I, I, I do kind of wish you got half of another movie with him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially if, if he was, if his, that sinister nature was, was slowly rising, you know, and if some of that, some of that effort put on the doctor that released him or, um, well, the true crime know. podcasters, you know, like, uh, we don't know if he's dead or not. True. I, there is a part of me that wishes that, um, they hinted at that or there was, you know, they load up his body, you know, they take him to the morgue and at the very end of it, when they crush Michael, you know, Corey sits up in the back of the ambulance or something, but 
just end it, man. Let's just fucking make new ones. Yeah. Do a whole Get, let's, different let's, story. Yeah. Let, or that or let's – and that was what I was going to say is like do – commit to the anthology. Do Halloween spirits of blah, blah, blah. You know, like do another like tr- kind of cash in on the love for three and say – Hey, we're going to try to go back to the original thing now and do a Halloween anthology movie every few years. That's a different I think it's sort of story, you know. All, you know cuz they I think pretty I don't know when that was, but they did that like Nightmare on Elm Street remake with uh Haley. Yeah. But terrible. Yeah, and it's like I mean there's this too where it's like can you can go find a horror movie that's like underappreciated and remake that. Like you don't have to pick the tentpole movie every single time to, you know, do a new version of it. Yeah. I got some bad news for you, Kron. They're literally starting production on David Gordon Green's The Exorcist. Wow. Here in the next few weeks. I'm fine with that. I want to watch it. I mean, it's just, I think there are so many like underappreciated horror movies that you like, it's probably got to be cheap IP to pick up too and just be like, Hey, we're going to remake a, you know, black roses. Yeah. Black roses. Some movie that, well, look at twice dead. That'd be a great movie to fucking redo this time or this in this year. Yeah. I mean, I think they did do remakes like that at one point in time though, where it's kind of like, you know, Cronenberg remade The Fly, which was like a pretty campy, goofy kind of 50s sci-fi thing. The Thing. Yeah. And it was kind I of mean, like, hey, I think I've got a new take on this, that, like this movie that is forgotten. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's like Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare. Like, And I would even say The Exorcist. Like, Those are so embedded into culture already. Like, Can't you find a movie that you think is is underappreciated and just do that. But people love that William Shatner mask, bro. I guess. And they pay that sweet dollar dollar bill to go see it. That's that's really what it is. I mean, you're you don't have to spend as much in promotional like kind of there's a certain percentage of people that are just going to blindly go in. So mm-hmm. All right. Well, we try to keep things short on a 2-day rentals. And I am exhausted and need to medicate. Um, our next episode uh, was that Vagrant. Uh, yeah, Vagrant will be next. Correction: Next week is Brain Dead. Yeah, so we don't have to. We're not picking a movie tonight. Mm-mm. You'll hear that next week. But uh, anything else? Join the Discord and go listen to the draft if vote. you haven't already. Yeah, yeah. Please vote. vote. Make sure you're subscribing to those other shows that uh, gave us their time for the draft and allowed us to kind of pirate their feed for an episode. Yeah, and uh, hey, next time you're down at the Applebee's, tell them Five Day Rentals sent you. <laughs> you're getting it, Cron. All right. For uh, Laundry Dan, Cron Howard, I've been Bones. This has been Five Day Rentals. Crash and burn. 
Go fucking iceberg. Buddies forever. Jeremy's blood stain.